Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. All right, well, good morning. Welcome to the Native Citizen Podcast. Um, my name is Marco. I'm the pastor here at Storehouse McAllen, and I am joined by Elsie, who is our Storehouse Kids director. Hello. And Jay, who now leads like men's gathering, mm-hmm. whatever we're going to call nice. that. That's what you lead. Good morning. Yeah. And uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at an article. Uh, I'll tell you the article, and then we'll, we'll, we'll banter a little bit. This morning, we're going to be talking about the article, Why the Hybrid Workforce of the Future Depends on the Geriatric millennial millennials be born between 1980 and 1985 know how to work uh, across generational divides this is an article written by erica dewan i hope i'm saying that correctly anyway i'm really interested in this conversation because we had some fruitful conversation offline uh, about this article and it'll be linked in the show notes and so but apart from all that how are you guys doing doing well yeah yeah better good. yeah mm-hmm. you're like hammering fat cold brew mm-hmm. it's not great it hurts <laughs> but i bought it so i'm committed and you spent six dollars on it i didn't know you're supposed to go slow I'm like the coffee novice like <laughs> <laughs> hey he's learning yeah you're learning learning through pain learning, yeah, learning through pain yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sorry man yeah what about you Elsie? how are you doing i'm doing better I think I, this week was like all the flare ups again. So mm-hmm. that wasn't fun, but I'm like, it's Friday. There's a birthday party today. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I like have a, like a love hate relationship with Fridays because when I was with the city, Fridays were the day where everybody got paid. The banks mm-hmm. were always full. And you're still trying to do your job and you can't because the banks are full and everybody's there and there's more people out on the road than normally yes. Monday through Thursday. And this is during the workday. And like, I don't know, it translates over to ministry every once in a while where I just feel behind on Fridays, no matter how well prepared I am mm-hmm. to receive Friday. I feel like I'm just always behind. Like, oh, we got this, we got this, we got to do it. And like, yeah. And it's not one of those things that, I think about, oh, how could I have better prepared my week to 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 attack or to tackle Friday? It's really just Fridays suck. I just that's <laughs> it. Fridays. Let it be known. <laughs> I hate Fridays. <laughs> Fridays are the worst. <laughs> I do wish I'm jealous though because I do wish I had some coffee on me. I had coffee this morning. I know there's okay. jitters in the back. I'm I, just saying. Yeah, no, I had coffee this morning. Don't get this. I will. <laughs> well, I don't actually. I don't get. <laughs> he <reserved>. does not. <laughs> I mean, that's cool that you're. I mean, with your splash of oat milk. Buy local. I don't know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm down for buy local as long as you know there's it's jitters. It's good. <laughs> it's jitters. As long as it's jitters. <laughs> Yes, we love jitters yeah. to all our listeners out there. Man, I really wish jitters opened in McAllen. I'm just saying they, yeah. Gabe, we go, let's go talk to him. Gabe. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, Again. I've asked him, I don't know how many times he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to Let's just that. email him. Hey, Gabe, can you? <laughs> Seriously. Well, because I love 
that there are all of these coffee shops opening up, particularly on the south side of town. Yeah. Right. So a lot more labyrinth. I mean, it's a bagel shop, but they sell coffee. Right. Ish. Um, Cultura Coffee. Cultura. Mm-hmm. Samia does amazing. amazing. I love Samia's coffee. Um, but man, it's going to Samia is like going to the cigar lounge. You need to go there with time because yes. they have like craft coffee cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, hey man, I just needed a batch brew. And like, their desserts. <laughs> mm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Yes. You just you just got to go with time. Yeah. Um, it's like and, nothing else is on the to do list. You're just going. Yeah. To like that is the that to-do is the list. list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Practically. So Samia, Samia does amazing. I, I love Samia. Danny does a great job there. But, mm-hmm. but Jitters has all, has my heart. Has my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, if you're in the McAllen area, you should go to Samia. If you're in, I guess, the mission area, go to Jitters. Anyway, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, yeah, so this morning we're talking about uh, this this article that actually, LC, you are the one that shared this article uh, with us. When was it? Last week. And it was a really, really fascinating article um, between the dynamics of millennials and... Millennials being this bridge mm-hmm. uh, between baby boomers doesn't say anything about Generation X, but we can. It can totally be, yeah, yeah exactly right. So it's there's this generation dynamic, priors. this bridging dynamic between Gen X and that that millennials have with Gen X and baby boomers and Gen Z, uh, Generation Z individuals, and so uh, I was really interested to see what she had to say and so she coins this term or she doesn't coin this term she, she's referring to this term um geriatric millennial and here's what she defines it as Gener- geriatric millennials are a special micro generation born in the early 1980s that are comfortable and i love this that are comfortable with both analog and digital forms of communication. They were the first generation to grow up with technology like a PC in their homes. I I thought that was great because it immediately just took me back to, one, thinking about older generations. Like I think about my brothers who are all Gen X and they grew up with TV and a landline, right? And then I think about uh, me growing up, right? All of us growing up. In the sense of like, yeah, I had the TV, the landline, uh, but uh, like, like my son will never know what dial-up felt like. The yeah. sound that it made whenever it started. The AOL, you've yeah. got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> yeah, they'll never know that. Or uh, uh, what was it? Net zero. Net zero. <laughs> zero. Yes. You know, getting that free one-week trial and just creating a new email every time oh so you gosh. can keep it going. <laughs> forgot about that one yeah there was net zero i forgot which other one aol had some stuff aim aim yeah the messenger messenger. Uh yeah do you remember any of the um the acronyms to to introduce yourself like asl no oh like a6 location location yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so you would put like sounds like personal experience yeah (laughs) (laughs) you'd put like 17 slash m slash TX. Yeah. Like that was that was text messaging at the time. 
Um, but yeah, it was. It's, hey, are you on AIM? Like yeah. now, it's oh, like, yes. hey, do I follow you on Instagram? You're you're on Twitter. That's the way it is now. Before yeah. it was like, was... hey man, do you have AIM? You should get AIM. You know, because yeah. it was just AOL Messenger, <laughs> but then AOL was the way to talk to people that were not in front of you or on a landline. <laughs> but I think yeah. the other joy of the landline was when either someone was calling or you were trying to make a call and you got bumped off the internet and you're like, what the crap? Yes. Why would you? <laughs> that phone rang. <laughs> yes. Don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. Song. Yes. <laughs> Just watching the progress bar real like, slow yes. and it just oh. stops at 99. Yes. <laughs> It jumped back to 62. <laughs> yeah, because you had to figure out like the speed, the speed. at which it was downloading oh, the song. Man. And so you're like, sweet, it's going down from like 20 minutes to 15 minutes to 10 minutes. And then something's wrong with your uh, internet. It's incomplete download. It's just like, yes, no. The whole again. time it's you were the there. the only song I needed in eight hours. <laughs> I hate you, Napster. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and so oh gosh, I remember that. Or having like uh, the the towers of the PC have double drives so that you can burn CDs mm-hmm. for your friends and sell them at school Make your for mix ten dollars a pop. Yeah, yeah, it was the new mixtape. But man, I re- dude, I grew up with mixtape and and mm-hmm. burning CDs. Um, All of the things. Yeah, like the stereo uh, we have in our dining room, uh-huh. right? The stereo behind the bar. Yes, that was the stereo my brothers and I grew up with, and I remember being like on my knees in my brother's room like listening to b104 now it's hot 104 i think something like that but it used to be yeah, b104, like, like hip-hop and metal at the same time <laughs> and you're there with a blank cassette tape just like waiting waiting to for your record. song yes yes <laughs> but wait did you all have the six cd changer yeah, like yeah, the double way. I had the five like yeah. rotated. Yeah, yeah that yeah. rotated. <laughs> Iowa, A I W A. That was a brand. I think yes. Iowa. My parents still have to this day, uh, and it works. It's actually pretty legit. Yeah. My, my yeah. parents have a vinyl, a track, an AM radio console at home. Love it. That thing is pimp, uh, but it is huge. <laughs> I think we still have our. VHS rewinder, the one that you the, slide, like, in. You slide yeah. in, rewind it, oh, yeah, or man. an Arbeta one too. My dad worked mm-hmm. in electronics, so he has he awesome. saved all of the oh yeah main things yeah. <laughs> when, from everything. I think when Seth turned like ten or twelve, I was like, "Hey, I got you this stereo." <laughs> <laughs> the yes. giant knobs, the giant on it. yes, because I gave oh, him I, I gave him my collection of CDs. And I was like, this is gold. Do you know what's in here? Rich history here. <laughs> Nothing but blood, sweat, and, and tears. tears. <laughs> More tears. But More tears, but... <laughs> More tears and sweat, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just Love like it. Marco's Jam 2020. <laughs> you know what I mean? Workout Jam Workout 17. Jam. <laughs> and you can, you can almost tell like what kind of life season I was having. <laughs> It's a lot of REM on there. <laughs> Dave Matthews, yeah. like having something really positive, and then all of a sudden the next the next mix CD was like Nirvana and a bunch of Pearl Jam and 
<laughs> just grunge. You don't know yes. my pain. You don't know <laughs> what it's like. A bunch of stained. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so we're, we're, we're going. We're going down memory lane. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so that going back to the the geriatric millennials, right? They they are. It's crazy because again, she says it's a special micro generation where. Uh, they're able to go between analog and digital mm-hmm. forms of communication. I think that's that's really unique, especially over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking a lot about like parents and children kind of interacting within the realm of discipleship among digital age, mm-hmm. and and this is just furthering that conversation. And so, um, in this article, she goes on to 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 one identify. Consider herself. I don't want to say that. She considers herself a geriatric uh, uh, millennial, and she gives a couple of um, she gives a couple of reasons or a couple of points as to what it means for for these geriatric millennials to be this bridge uh, between Gen X, baby boomers, and and Gen Z individuals, and so. I wanted to walk through a couple of these and then we can talk about some of our own experiences, talk about whether we agree or disagree. But then at the end of our time, the, the, the main question that I think we're trying to answer is in light of this, in light of this reality, reality, in light of us existing within, you know, Gen X, baby boomers, Gen Z, what does it mean for us to disciple one another well as we walk in and out? of the contours of these generations. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> here's, here's one of the, the first points that she makes. She says, this is in the context of the workforce. So we can stay within the workforce. We can go outside of that, but here's what she says. Geriatric millennials are best positioned to lead teams that will thrive in the hybrid workplace. So she, she writes, For organizations that are divided across generational divides between baby boomers and Gen Z, it's beneficial to call on your geriatric uh, millennials to help you translate the experiences of both digital adapters, such as baby boomers, and digital natives, Gen Z. It not only makes for a better internal culture, but a happier clientele. So what do you guys think about this is the first time we're beginning to talk about this bridge between who she calls the digital adapters and the digital natives. Um, have you experienced this within the context of, of our church or even within the context of your own, your own work environments? Yeah. I mean, um, I was having this conversation recently with my brother, younger brother. He's still considered millennial. He's in the latter half of it, but he, at his workplace, prior to where he is now he's he was that bridge in a sense like him being brought in before covid their branch at the bank was wanting to modernize a bit more and so where he was located was in fredericksburg um and so given a lot of history there and just um the clientele that was being um uh taken care of um they were looking his manager was looking for different clientele because they could still service them and but the way that they would do it they'd have to you know modernize a bit more differently and and so when my brother was working there he was kind of like that that niche mm-hmm. it was like okay we've got you on board this is fabulous and so the 
that just came to my mind immediately because he was, though still later in, I think the millennials cut off like around 1996, I think. Yeah. So he was in 91. But um, it's still in that um, sense. Um, I think he he was a, an asset to their team. Yeah. And because he exposed them to, okay, what other clients can we really um, bring on yeah. and service? Um, same thing, my older brother too, he's at Indeed in Austin. And so they, while they have a lot of younger employees, they have really um, bridged with um, um, clients and, and coworkers who are older and have a passion to learn what is all entailing in um, that workforce in that place and in, in production and in graphic design and yeah. just reaching the clients where they're at yeah. and really communicating a lot better. So that just communication in general, how they communicate, that's my brother will talk about, oh man, this person who's younger um, is not having the best email etiquette as opposed to sure. this other uh, coworker who's older than him. Um, he's like, I just love collaborating with this man he knows what he's talking about he approaches with assertiveness so just these elements and not that all the younger generations aren't approachable and making sense in the workplace but that there is a distinguishment for sure right what, what do you think because jay you you work with a lot of people not just from different parts of the country but with a variety of backgrounds including their 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 age and generation what do you think as we as we consider what she's talking about, what do you think is the tension like between Gen X baby boomers and Gen Z? So let's briefly take out the geriatric millennial, right? What do you think is the tension? The tension is probably the way each of them has grown up or did grow up. I think an older generation probably most of the time feels like the younger kids don't understand not only where we come from, what we've been through, and the value of our knowledge and wisdom because technology is moving at lightning speed and they're trying to keep up with where they are currently. And the younger generation probably feels a little bit disregarded, disrespected in the way they have so much value to add because they are fluent in the digital age and the Gen Xers are oftentimes frustrated by the technology, overwhelmed by it, and also don't want to ask the younger generation well, how do I do this? Because they're embarrassed because they came from, they grew up in grit. They grew up uh, during war. They grew up in times where things were significantly more difficult than they are now. And um, then a younger generation oftentimes doesn't have the patience to walk somebody through who grew up in an analog age to explain all the things because it's all they've ever known. And right. so there's a tension there between uh, understanding digital, understanding people who didn't come in that age, and trying to be patient and gracious in not only seeing the value of the younger, but also um, the wisdom of the older. And I think sometimes it's missed uh, between both. Right. It's yeah. almost like there is this, um, the language of formality is distorted between these technically three generations, right? Because of what one has experienced and, and at some point even begun to value, whereas what the value is of the current generation and some of their own experiences. So formality gets distorted. Formality becomes um, very relative, 
right? Based on experiences, like you were mentioning about like the, the war generation, they, they, mm-hmm. they were making these, tre- <laughs> we were talking about this offline, like they were making tremendous decisions at ages 17, mm-hmm. 18, 19. And when you think about the 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds of today, they're making TikTok videos. Mm. <laughs> And stressing out about it. And stressing out about right. it. There, I saw, ironically, I watched this TikTok video <laughs> of, uh, or it wasn't a TikTok video, it was a reel on Instagram. Right. And it, that was a TikTok video. That was video. a TikTok video. <laughs> it was? See, clearly, clearly I don't even know. Yes, anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, so, so this kid is talking about, uh, he goes, what did my great grand, uh, he says, what did my great grandfather do at 21? And he, you know, he reenacts his great grandfather in World War One. And then he says, what did my grandfather do at 21? He reenacts his grandfather in World War II. He says, what did my father do? He reenacts like uh, the business that he started it. And he says, what am I doing at 22? Starting a podcast. <laughs> Eating Cheetos. Starting a podcast. Eating Cheetos and starting a podcast. It's just like, and I read that and I was like, man, we should start a podcast on this. Is it, I <laughs> That'd be great to talk about. That'd be great. This talk is about point. what he's talking well, about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now there's like in popular culture and like memes now, it's like, thanks, Boomer. Like it's a disregard of like- Or like the interviews, the job right, interviews, right. videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. Here's, here's point number two. Geriatric millennials can teach traditional communication skills to younger employees and digital body language to older team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say, geriatric millennials bridge the tech-dependent informal styles with traditional body language. And so she gives this this little story. I'll, I'll, I'll read it, and then and then we'll we'll discuss it. Um, so she gives this story as an example. She goes on to say, a client of mine once complained about her sales rep, who is a Gen Zer. During meetings, he just couldn't seem to read clients' body language cues. He appeared blind to their every posture and gesture, made poor eye contact, and overlooked any number of microfacial expressions that would have told him he was going seriously off track to the point of losing the client. He commonly used so to begin thoughts and sentences an almost real-life mirror of ongoing, never-ending text threads instead of professional spoken conversation. My client coached her younger sales rep on the signals and messages conveyed by physical body language. So we were talking a little bit offline, being, according to this article, being a geriatric millennial. I've been in these situations with younger generations, and I'm not going to lie. I I hate that many younger generations cannot have formal conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I'm old school, because, you know, raised by my dad who was drafted to Vietnam. You know, my brothers who are like 15 and years older than me. Professor yeah, and, and teacher. Is a prof- and- exactly. He's like <laughs> taught all over the world. And, I'm just, and it's, it's not just, I, I think certainly there are some of those values that have been instilled in my brothers and I, for sure. And, man, and if I'm in a meeting... And and they can't make eye contact. They are on their phone. They're fidgeting. They have to hold on. I said, "Oh man, that's it. You've lost me. <laughs> like I don't even want to talk about the kingdom anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus has left the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there 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 is this um, 
Marco has exited the chat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I left the group. I left the group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have signed, signed off. Signed off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what do you guys think about, uh, about that? Uh, you know, gen, gen, geriatric millennials able to teach traditional communication to, to younger employees and then digital body language to older team members. Yeah, I think to an extent there's, um, there's a um, key, I guess, was it benefits in both? Or I guess there's a lot of knowledge on both ends, like on both sides and considerations, right? And so what younger generations haven't experienced and gone through the older generation, like teaches important. And the older generation can value what the younger generation has currently because it's a different time. It's a different pace. Um, all the while, we're all still moving forward. So how do we adapt and how do we um, support one another in that? So I think, yeah, the whole like firm handshake. Yeah. Nice to meet you, sir. How are Introducing you? Introducing Introductions yourself? are oh such God. an important yeah. Yeah. thing. She, she gives the example of, of uh, I guess it's a Gen Z or answering the phone, that it was a skill that was lost. And so she says, Sam says, mm-hmm. someone called me, who? Bob. Bob from Idaho, Bob from Minnesota, not sure which. Well, what did he say? He asked you to call him back. Um, <laughs> like not even <laughs> knowing how to have a skill of, of, of answering or speaking to someone on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've noticed when 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 we became a family, one of the things I, I taught Seth was um, how to introduce himself to, to new people. And so he comes up, he shakes their hand, looks at them in the eye, he says, hi, my name is Seth Reese de Leon. And, uh, and so... Um, I mean, my father taught my brothers all my brothers and I all of that. Like that's how we had to introduce ourselves. And I can remember growing up and seeing people receive our introduction, waiting until we were done, and then they would introduce themselves, and then the conversation would start, or that they would continue talking to my parents. And as Seth has done that over the last number of years, I have maybe like a handful of experiences where I've seen people interrupt him as he's introducing himself because they are not used to hearing someone present their full name and saying, how can I serve you? I like running in right after Seth. What was it? My name is Seth. And then they jump into yeah. their name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? He'll say, hi, my, hi, my name is Seth. He's like at the R of his middle <laughs> name. And then they interrupt him. Yeah. Man. Yeah. There, there are these social skills that have been lost because we're so, we lean in on digital forms of communication, whether it's text messaging, your phone is always with you. So you lose the personal nature of relationship because you're so dependent on communicating through email, through text, through social media. And so for the younger generation who never grew up that way, and it is not reinforced at home because everybody's kind of gotten away with mm-hmm. being technology dependent, there is something very valuable about shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eye, understanding social cues. And as the generations move on, it gets more and more lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that they know that it was there before sometimes. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's just that, I mean, one of the articles that we read off of Desiring Guide by Tony Rinke a couple of weeks ago was when you consider Generation Z, they are digital natives. They, they are born into everything that is digital and regularly evolving mm-hmm. whereas you consider once again like the whole geriatric millennial portion of it like um you're looking at 
the development of the internet and having to go through some of the frustrations that we were talking about earlier. Um, and that just was while at the same time you find yourself on the border of this line of, um, yeah, I have a well, uh, but I, there were no cell phones. It was, I still had, you know, you, if you wanted to get a hold of me, you still had to call my house. My and, line. And, yeah, exactly. Line, yeah. And, uh, my brother might answer, you know, <laughs> And or if you, we're trying to get the dial-up going and you call and yes. have a problem. Don't call at this time. <laughs> or the phone in the other room, your other family member, he's yeah. like, can I use it? Get off yeah, the phone exactly. with so-and-so. Yeah. Or you'd be on the phone and then your brother would get on the phone and start like <laughs> and talking listen, smack to you while uh-huh. you're on the line. Oh, yes. I had my own line for a little while. That was the biggest like, oh, you yeah. get your own landline. Oh, yeah. And then the biggest punishment was like, give me your phone. And it was a little black phone you took out of the wall. Yeah. Like, yes. here you go. Yes. Got in trouble for finding a separate phone, plugging it and my yeah. parents called me and I stupidly answered my own phone <laughs> with, <laughs> with the other phone I got a lot of trouble for that too That's awesome. but yeah that was those were the like you I had got, a personal my computer line at my senior year it was like was it cordless know? though um it, so my brother was in a football Getting fancy now it, so it was a it was a it was a, a, a football NFL football like phone. a sports yes. illustrated football yes. phone yes. yeah that was the phone oh man and so you you had two ringers the actual ringer and then like the, the vibrating kind of <laughs> put it under your pillow so nobody would hear it <laughs> Call me at 8.45. No, no, no. no. <laughs> In a time. <laughs> Talking underneath the blankets. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> And then my mom walking in and like taking the, <laughs> the towel the towel did nothing for did you. Nothing. <laughs> you said this would work. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Hey, I gotta go. I gotta go back. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. <laughs> your hands yes. over the receiver. <laughs> 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 so this one time something similar so my parents had taken away my football phone but my brother had been, my brother had moved to Houston and he left one of those um the clear phones where you could see all the wires right. inside oh yeah what gave me away is that someone called and it lights up, up. <laughs> <You did. laughs> One of those moments where you're like running to the other side of the room because you realize the lights (laughs) are giving it away. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So all of that was embarrassing, and all the younger part of our audience is like, "What are they talking about?" Dumb. The joys of all of that. Um, All right. Well, let's let's keep let's keep going. The next point she makes is that geriatric millennials have their pulse on these ever-changing norms, while other generations, or excuse me, while older generations may see younger employee behaviors as entitled, the younger generation sees theirs as old-fashioned and not as productive to the current times. And I think, man, that is one thing about... Growing up with older older siblings, right? Like, it, I'm thankful for learning to be bored mm-hmm. because it's really easy to always have something to do, like the next thing. And I don't just mean like, I don't just mean the tasks. I mean like, 
let me check my social media. Let me check my email. Like it, the younger generation is afraid to be alone with their thoughts. Yeah. You know, and we're not immune to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> in his book, I think a uh, digital witness, uh, digital witness, excuse me, disruptive witness by Tom Noble. He talks about that, that the idea behind us being so attached to our phones, for instance, he gives the example. And I th- think I've said it before where, you're washing your dishes, you dry your hands, and then you mm-hmm. check Instagram. Like, there's no point of you doing that. But the, right. the, the, the whole thing behind that is that we've become conditioned by our phones because we're afraid to be alone with our thoughts. And, man, I'm just thankful for not growing up with a phone because I could be alone with my with, with, with my thoughts. And so, but what I mean that, what I mean by that is, like, the younger generation sees that those who are in the workforce might see that as unproductive. Right. Some, not even in the workforce, may see that as like countercultural. That's very radical. Right. But just really thankful for the fact that you actually need to get off of your phone. You need to be disconnected Mm -hmm. um, is incredibly important. But at the same time, you should be somewhat connected because it actually is going to help you be a little bit more efficient at some things. Yeah. I think until recently, I think too, there's been, it's, also dependent on your workplace right like um it's more like office oriented there's some locations or some companies that are actually valuing that time away from the computer and that time away from the cell phone or you're gonna have a of like a rest day you pick one time a month you know some companies are thankfully like putting the efforts to like it's okay to rest you need it yeah like um, a digital decompression. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially absolutely. if it's an, yeah, an environment that's digitally heavy. Yeah. Yeah, th- this section, she goes on to conclude she, by saying, by creating new rules of engagement that emphasized a more modern sensibility around communication, um, one of her clients pushed the more experienced and older team members to learn new technology and catered to her digitally savvy clientele as well. And she, she concludes her article by saying, Geriatric millennials are valuable because they have a varied skill set to offer, one that lets them cater to the needs of people with different degrees of understanding uh, of the digital world. Being fluent in both analog and digital communication styles is a key for today's uh, for, is a key skill for today's leaders. And so, where this conversation and this article certainly led us to was considering okay. We're looking at the context of the workforce. This is helpful. We ha- certainly have some experience within this. What does this mean for the church? Like I consider one of the things I love about our church is that it is definitely multi-generational, right? We have older individuals that are boomers. We have a big population of Gen Xers. There's an enormous population of millennials. And then there's this growing population of Gen Z. And especially when you think about the children, that the amount of children that we have mm-hmm. and the amount of children that are Lord willing and by God's grace into this world, right? Like in the next month or two, it, it's, it's a multi-generational church. And I love that. How do we navigate the contours of discipleship among multi-generational uh, how do we navigate the contours of discipleship among a multi-generational church? I think we should acknowledge every generation, like not deny 
one generation because of lack of experience or lack of what I've gone through mm-hmm. or, or dismiss the older generation because they've had their time and now it's our time, you know, right. just right. having that type of language yeah. and embracing that as the body of Christ, each of us has a part to point each other and point others to the gospel truth. So what do you think, Jay? Uh, I think I think we talked a little bit about grace. I'm sure we're going to get into it before, but also yeah. just humility. Humble about where you are and the value that is added by the people who are before you and after you because there's wisdom found in experience and there's a lot to be learned by younger generations who are moving in a direction that I think the disciple well that you need to understand them. And if you dismiss the younger generation by saying they don't know or they're just uh, these kids that don't pay attention are on the phones constantly, well, they're at a certain place in their life where to relate to them, you probably need to come to the other side of the aisle and understand, well, how best do I relate to you based on how you've grown up? Yeah. And the same thing with the youngers. What is the wisdom found in your experience and not dismiss it as uh, just the old way things were done? When it comes to scripture and discipleship, um, our truth is based in, in the Bible and what God has to say, and you can't dismiss younger or older because of their age or experience because wisdom's found in scripture, whether or not like, Marco, you're in your 30s, and you're leading a church that we have, we said we have boomers in that church. Yeah, yeah. You're not dismissed as a guy who doesn't know much. You are steeped in Scripture, and you're called to this, and there's wisdom in that. People don't dismiss you based on age or experience, and I think that we would do well in discipleship to value those things across the board, no matter how old you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, one of the things that we talked about, or the the thing that we talked about offline in the sense of, man, how do we navigate the contours of discipleship among a multi-generational church? We, we kind of grounded it on two things. Man, it manifests itself differently uh, to each generation, right? But we grounded ourselves on this thing that we call grit and this thing that we call grace, right? And grit is really that ongoing work of perseverance that I think particularly the older generation has and can demonstrate well right and so i think towards a younger generation the older generation needs to teach them what grit and perseverance is and 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 ultimately what's going to and, and what that means is taking responsibility right uh second timothy 2 paul says flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness the older generation needs to infuse disciple and, 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 and teach the younger generation what that looks like. But it must be covered with, with grace, right? Mm-hmm. The, the younger generation needs to really learn what grace is so that they can demonstrate it in thanksgiving and in patience toward the older generation, right? Thanksgiving, patience, um, uh, respect, right mm-hmm. like uh, proverbs twenty twenty nine says the glory of young men is their strength but the splendor of old men is their gray hair and so there is this almost reverence respect deeply found affection and respect for for the older generation because of what they've done who they are their character right that they are some of the most reliable people and and when it comes to that geriatric millennial we have this opportunity to be this bridge among two very different generations 
right? We have this opportunity to apply this unique dynamic of grit and grace so that we would grow in wholeness in Christ, right? Not necessarily um, changing things, right? Because you know, Generation Z just continues to grow digitally. Um, we're not necessarily changing things, but we are helping bridge this gap between these generations for the sake of growing in wholeness, Christ-likeness, and godliness, mm-hmm. um, while at the same time living in completely different generations. So um, what do y'all think? Oh, yeah. I had, um, when I saw this article, um, I was talking with, I think, Maria and Alina, um, and we... I forget what ev- what week it was of our discipleship group and how it, it, it came up as we were talking through from the sermon and what we were reading in scripture that week. Um, a good portion of the scripture references, we kept going back to what we were reading um, through, we're going through the Bible recap for the women's uh, Bible study. And so we're still in a good chunk of the Old Testament and walking through that scene over and over the generations that um, follow after the Israelites left Egypt. Um, the whole point of, of them teaching the next generation was that so that they would stay steadfast to the covenant and that they would be faithful to God. And, um, Psalm 78 is a beautiful chapter that, um, describes, um, that history and, kind of that commitment to not hide what has what God has done, um, but to tell the coming generation and the generation after that and the generation after that of what the Lord's covenant is and how we are to now under new covenant under Christ um, and with the power of the Holy Spirit walk in to continue sharing that covenant and staying steadfast to the Lord. So I think I think of that and yeah. that passage. Yeah, I mean, we talked uh, <clears throat> earlier about how that translates e- even into the New Testament, like Paul addressing Titus, mm-hmm. right? You look at Titus 2, he says, older men, uh, be sober-minded, uh, self-controlled, sound in faith. And uh, and he says, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So there's this there's this image of this older man coming alongside the younger man to, to teach him how to grow in godliness how to grow, uh, to be sound in their faith, what, what it means to be steadfast, right? That's mm-hmm. that pressure and moving forward under pressure. The older generation, like what you were talking about earlier, Jay, like you, you consider like the, the war generation, right? Uh, World War II uh, veterans, Korean, the Korean War, uh, Vietnam, right? People who, who fought in the Gulf War, like they, they, they were making these tremendous decisions at 17, 18, 19, their early 20s. And so when you consider the younger generation, they need to learn what steadfastness is. Steadfastness isn't just like being able to move your day as your uh, boomerang video loads on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like they need to learn what steadfastness and, and is. And having an older individual come alongside to say, I'm going to mm-hmm. teach you what this looks like so that you would grow in self-control, so that you would learn what it looks like to be sound in your faith. Um, I'm going to teach you what steadfastness is. All right. Now, uh, and the same thing is said in Titus 2 uh, to the women. It's not just to, to the men, right? He, he mm-hmm. goes on to say, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior. They, the older women, are to teach what is good and so train the younger women. 
right, to come alongside. And what's the purpose of their training? He ends uh, this section by saying, so that the word of God may not be reviled, right? So that it's older women mm-hmm. coming alongside other women, younger women, to teach them uh, the word of God so that they would grow in what? Godliness. So that they would what? Flee youth, like flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, grow in Christ-like might, uh, Christ-likeness, right? And what's interesting is he concludes chapter two of Titus by saying, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. And one, Titus was a younger guy. This is Paul telling him mm-hmm. this as an older dude, like, hey, let no one dis- disregard you. And at the same time, he's saying, hey, in light of what I've just said, exhort and rebuke. So exhort, let's come alongside so that we can look at something together so that I may teach you. Rebuke, hey, you're wrong in this and this is sinful, therefore repent. Right. You don't often talk much about rebuke to younger generations because that makes them really uncomfortable. And even in her article, one of the things that uh, um, the, the, the geriatric millennial article uh, said was she details this story of this one woman telling her younger generation, hey, we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Rebuke is really uncomfortable. You need to mm-hmm. be comfortable with that because what's that going to do? Self-control, pursue righteousness steadfastness right like that's what it's going to produce right yeah i think that's the the beautiful thing about christ's church is that we have these different generations to come alongside with and if you assess your life and you don't see someone older that you you know can go to or ask questions from or if you're not um or someone younger than you um that you're not, say, pouring into or admonishing or encouraging or uh, rebuking in a sense, um, then that that's like a flag to to consider like, okay, we're, well, I, I need to look into that and surround myself with, um, with that body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think once more, uh, just to kind of cap off our, our, our time, like being a part of a multi-generational church is one of it's a tremendous blessing because you're getting mm-hmm. to see life happen all around you. Mm-hmm. And I think the the role of, if we're taking from her article, the geriatric millennial, our role in navigating the contours of discipleship is being able to walk in both grit and grace towards both of these generations for the glory of God, not just for the mm-hmm. purpose of communicating efficacy or digital slash analog means of communication, but it is, man, how do we we define discipleship by meeting people where they are and mm-hmm. taking them where Jesus wants them to be in the context of everyday life. And so what does it look like to step into the Gen Z, uh, where they are? What does it look like to step into the baby boomer where they are and, um, using grit and grace, take them where Jesus wants them mm-hmm. to be for his glory. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they're good. Um, this was a really good article. Yes. Thanks for sharing it. Elsie. <laughs> You're welcome. Sure. Um, so, for our listeners, in case they don't know, this is this is good. This is our last episode of season two. We're we're done. We well, finally finished season two. Nice. Um, and so we will be recording uh, in July for season three, which gets released. Uh, I think it's actually the end of July and part of August. I think. So for now, listeners, hope you guys enjoyed this last season and all the variety of topics we got to work through. Stay tuned as we take a break 
for the summer and come back right before the school year starts. We love y'all. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McAllen, you can visit our website at storehousemcallen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemcallen.com.